one of those songs. I don't know the name of the song or who sang it, but I know that song for sure. I've heard it my whole life. Roll with the changes. Ario Speedwagon. Ario Speedwagon. Yes, dude. <clears throat> yeah. Favorite part about Ario Speedwagon, and I could be wrong, but I'm almost positive. The scene in Billy Madison where uh, Adam Sandler goes to high school for the first time again, uh, he, he rolls up in his car and he's got the jean jacket on, and underneath he's wearing an Ario Speedwagon t-shirt. And I, he's driving I the Camaro, had, right? Was yes. It and it, it's that Ario Speedwagon shirt. It's like black, and it has the Ario Speedwagon emblem, and then it has the old style baseball sleeves where they go just past the elbow. Yeah, that's right. And I had that shirt when I was a little kid. Did you really? I did. It was a hand me down from one of our cousins. Probably, <laughs> probably cousin Frank actually. Yeah, you think so? Well, we probably. Re- uh, I'm we trying to think. Most of their hand me down clothes from them or from Tristan. Tristan, that's right. Yeah. Tristan was more like clothes our mom wanted us to wear. Right, but you Frank know. was the clothes we wanted to wear. And also, from Frank to Frank, there's no clothing that fits better. That's true. It was by the time it got to me, it was always too tight. Yeah, but from a Frank to a Frank, I mean, I you know, it was it, it was the perfect fit. Yeah, Franks are the same physique. <laughs> all Franks from seventy down to thirty. All of them, they hit one hundred thirty-five pounds, and that's it. Thirty-two Five, waist. Eight, 135, <laughs> done. <laughs> God cuts them off. Yeah, well, incredible. All the great meat hair, is, all of them too, and all the meat is in the dong, people. That's, <laughs> That's well, yeah. At five eight, you stop growing; just your dick keeps going. <laughs> We're supposed to be six feet, but the other four inches. <laughs> That's just how God created us. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're mountain people, so we needed that third leg. <laughs> yeah, the, the kickstand. Hold us up up those steep hills. <laughs> Hold on, let me tie myself to the mountain here. <laughs> uh, keeping it classy. Keeping oh, it classy. man. Well, we uh, went a little early today, I think. Or I like starting where we did. I, I wanted to be able to catch the uh, uh, remaining action here in the football world. I'm in the fantasy football championship this week. Okay, you gotta, you got you gotta tell me something. Maybe I don't. I stopped watching football a long time ago. All right. Uh, is, is there just like, <laughs> is there just like a lot of games now, like at yeah. random days and times? Oh yeah, we what? there were games yesterday and like Thursday. I had players go on Thursday, and then I, I turned on the TV to my surprise. I and I, I had uh, some fantasy players playing last night. I had no idea there was a game, but it's of course you know they're gonna they're milking that cow you know dude there was like three weeks ago or something. there was like three games on monday night yeah or well because it was christmas they did like a christmas spectacular oh, yeah okay but and that was just for christmas or because I, I thought well, it was just one game monday night that's how it was supposed of, to be a lot of controversy behind that one because the nba has been known for the last couple decades to be the sports franchise that plays on christmas it just happened to be that there was a monday night thing and the nfl jumped on board it's supposed to be thanksgiving's the nfl christmas you got nba all day which i thoroughly enjoyed nba has been really entertaining this year Mm. they changed they implemented some new rules much like the mlb where they've made it more fun to watch you know you get technical fouls now if you flop in basketball 
Yeah. So it's made the game. There's a you know, <clears throat> you could see now. Sense. I mean, it's still all WWE, it's dude. It's it's yeah. wrestling the mania. Football. Yeah, but, dude. but, but, but the, the football for those for those that don't remember, I'm gonna refresh your memory. When I stopped watching, uh, they were t- still talking about the Thursday. You had one game on Monday night. The rest of them, you had one game on Sunday night. Right. And the rest of them were during the day on Sunday. That's right. And so you watched your team, and that was kind of it, right? Oh, yeah. Isn't that how it used to be? And it, then they added was. the one game on <laughs> Thursday, but it wasn't every Thursday. Now, I swear to God, dude, well, they're having like... No, now... Rants, like, Saturday, you'll be turned on the TV, and it's a fucking game. Yeah, well, we have playoffs coming soon, and so, yeah, for the last two weeks of the season, they always do Saturday slates. So you get, like, a... You now Don't say yeah. always. They never did that. Before. No, they started this a couple of years ago before okay. before the Don't pandemic. Don't say always, man. This is it's insane. No, no, no. It's so insane this is, what they're they're just trying to milk the shit out of it, and they have nothing else to show on cable TV. And so. it's yes, it's it, it has to do with contracts and gambling. And gambling now is ubiquitous. It, it's everywhere, every state. I think there's probably. <laughs> There's more states that allow gambling now than I think the recreational yeah. marijuana, right? Like it's in most states at this point. If not, pro- a- you know, what? You're, I'm gonna call you right on that one. That's got to be what it is. They want everybody to bet on every game. Yeah, now it's on the app. Well, you can't have a day where there's no games going on, right? So, and yeah. nobody's watching WNBA, right? <laughs> 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 Come on, we know it's true. So, like, not even the gamblers, man. They're not that sick, you know. <laughs> It's too boring, even for the gamblers. Yeah, right, man. They'd rather go outside and get some fresh air. Uh, uh, so- no, they'd rather go uh, vote on high school baseball. <laughs> in Japan. Actually, I've I've gotten down with some of the Korean and Japanese baseball. It's very entertaining. It's kind of their sport now. They're very good at baseball. Uh, two of the <laughs> highest contracts this year were awarded to Japanese players. Yeah, they're 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 killing it. But it's <laughs> it's still in, baseball will always be an American game. I really believe that. And take note all the other POCs. That's why the Asians cannot be kept down. You kicked them out of Harvard. <laughs> they just became good at baseball. Like, the, you know what I mean? And they gave uh, you, if you basketball. If you don't want us engineers, we'll learn how to hit this ball far. Is that what you want? They gave you the game where you have to be tall and dunk, and they gave you the other one, football, where you just bash your head into oblivion and turn it to mush, and then you, uh, you know. <laughs> You, know, you, you you animals can have those games. You white guys, and, right? Yeah, all all of us idiots. <laughs> That's right. We're, we're gonna do the one where there's no brain damage, and we're just you know it's finesse. You know, baseball is a finesse game uh, through and through. Like, uh, so the uh, Yamamoto. The 90s. So everybody okay. knows about this guy Otani. He signed the largest contract in baseball history. Uh, but what is interesting is he has deferred um, like ninety percent of the contract for ten years from now. So that way the team can sign all these other bigger contracts, which mm. is wild. And so uh, this guy, the other j- uh, player, the Japanese player who, who signed on, uh, he, Yamamoto, um, he's, Mike, and I, you might be, I think he's 5'7". I'm not kidding. Yeah. No, I'm not kidding. Yamamoto, I think he's 5'7". Uh, but anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Gazontai. Uh, so, <laughs> Yamasaki. Uh, Horoshima. And so, um, <laughs> oh man, we're going to be banned for that one. So, uh, 
<laughs> I promise we're not racist, just bigots. Uh, so we uh, we signed on this like guy. This World War Two flying. This World War. Yamamoto. Sure, Yamamoto's this guy that bombed us during the I think World so, War II. <laughs> no, he signed with the Dodgers, dude. Akira this... Yamamoto, what is his name? Yamamoto. He signed with the Dodgers, and what's interesting about him is he doesn't he famously does not lift weights at all. And he only does like stretching based exercises, and he's like one of the greatest pitchers to ever play the game. Hmm. And I found that to be really fascinating. Twelve year, three hundred and twenty-five million dollars. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's good though. Shit. So we have this thing now. It's the World Series, uh, or it's the um, World Cup for baseball. And last year's event was absolutely spectacular. And in the end, it was Japan versus America, and it, it was just everything that it was built up uh, to be. And we got to see a lot of these Japanese players um, in action. And all of a sudden here this year, the two biggest contracts went to these Japanese guys. Because <laughs> the performance was absolutely out of this world, man. I mean, the, J- Japan is revolutionizing baseball in a lot of ways. He's, uh, he's, five, he's six feet, just so you know. Oh, sorry. I, well, I thought he was shorter. But uh, anyways, what I found interesting is he has never he doesn't do any weight training and he completely is about flexibility and he's able to um you know in America here, you know, in American baseball, you know, these guys are just they're jacked and they're pitching 102 miles an hour, you know what I mean? They're just whipping this thing in there and he's a he's finessing the ball in and he's considered one of the greatest pitchers because again, I don't think it has to do with muscle or strength when it comes to baseball. Uh, per se, I think there's a lot of technicality and a lot of you know, kind of uh, uh, finesse element to the game where uh, you just got to find the right spots, right? I think it's just part of the evolution of the game. You know, we went through the the bulky steroids and everybody, bigger was better. I know, and but now you're evolving past it. You know, and this is cool, and I know we're doing all the funky new rules and all that, but I gotta say, I loved the steroid era. That was Dude, so was fun. Just, <clears throat> what was that year? I was trying to explain to somebody. 1998. Was the year where I, I was a little kid. They did the home run derby. And I swear to God, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa were hitting it like out of it the was, out of no, the It was 1998. And <laughs> that was, it was like the most incredible year for baseball. That was the year that baseball had been better, better good to me. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember which one I'm talking about? Like Barry Bonds came yes. up. I swear to God, he was he was he was hitting with like a like a <laughs> a toothpick, <laughs> like a cartoonishly large bat, just to make his head look smaller. <laughs> you know? Do you, re- you remember that year? So here's the th- yes, and I think it was after. So '98 was the year that McGuire and Sosa went tit for tat. And Sosa ended with, if I'm not mistaken, 66 home runs that year. And McGuire was the one who surpassed uh, Maris's record. And he finished with like 72 or 77. I can't remember exactly the number. And then... He was so big, one of those home runs, he swung the bat boy who was holding the bat. (laughs) (laughs) Not even joking. He was so big, he didn't even realize it. Just grabbed the bat boy by the ankles. <laughs> I, that was a, such a fun year to watch baseball, and then I think like the next few years, people kind of bought into the like, okay, these guys are cartoonishly enormous at this point. Like, I mean, they're on some roids for sure. And 
I remember distinctly Barry Bonds coming out publicly and being so pissed off that nobody was upset that these dudes were clearly on roids crushing these records. So he specifically went into the gym and roided beyond anyone's belief. Like, beyond human... Like, his heart almost exploded from the, like, horse growth hormones. No, no, they just cut it out halfway through and put a horse heart in there. That's what he needed to to power those muscles he now had. He became Bojack Horseman. It was incredible. And, like... And then, no joke, he cranked like 80 home runs that year, and that might be the year of the derby you're talking about. Where like, so at that point, you still had Sosa and McGuire roiding themselves, but then Barry Bonds said, "Fuck you guys, I'm taking it to the next level," and crushed their records. And baseball fans had enough. They said, "Okay, we got to stop." There was a home run derby. They didn't even wear the batting helmets. They couldn't fit. These guys' heads and necks were so fucking big. Mark, <laughs> the transformation, if you look at Mark McGuire from the A's in 1989 to, like, Mark McGuire 1998, like, the 10-year transformation, it is not the same human being, dude. It's, no, like, no, it's, a, like, it's a horse. It's, it's literally a horse. The body... This guy's roided so much. Dude, the body just doesn't expand like that naturally. Like, the necks don't same, do that. <laughs> Sammy Sosa, you grew up in a third world country. You didn't have enough food to become that big. <laughs> well, now he's white. Have you seen Sosa now? That's insane. No, that is insane. People, that is the new Michael Jackson. I'm, and I'm not being Crazy. racist or anything. Yes, he he Michael Jacksoned himself. He he went for the skin bleaching, and apparently in the Dominican Republic, that is like a uh, a status symbol. Like if you can afford to do the skin uh, bleaching, I guess you know they're really into that. That's a weird one. I'm oh, gonna yeah. put that up there with hair plugs. <laughs> not gonna look good forever. <laughs> but I'm really big on the archaeologists finding the fellows of our modern era, like the skeletons, <laughs> the hair plugs, just right there, a little patch. Seth Myers. It's, cra- it's crazy because vanity, you know, it's one of the. Uh, well, that's what you survives. Like, think about these bones we see now, right? It's the vanity that we see left over. You get the bones, but then they have the gold tooth, or uh, you know, if you're Jebediah Springfield, the silver tongue, right? <laughs> Call back to the Simpsons there. No! <laughs> For all my Simpson fans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is ironic. I was thinking the other day we should be care- really careful about what we build and where we put it. Because, look, the vol- a volcano hits Pompeii a thousand years ago. All we could find is the whorehouses. <laughs> right. And the bathrooms. <laughs> We know more about their sex lives than anything else. I like the idea, though. Like, here we are thousands of years later. We really have a good idea of how the Romans built their toilets. But outside of that, you know, we don't really... And then we get the Colosseum. That's basically it, man. Was that the pyramids? No idea. (laughs) I still contend giant bathroom. I think we've uh, gone down there. It's just a very impressive latrine. uh... (laughs) They were saying Andrew Jackson still has a living grandson. Uh, Donald Trump, right? Isn't that what everyone wants to? <laughs> but that really puts everything in perspective. When they try to tell you, like, we don't know how they built the pyramids because it was so long ago. I mean, think about how long you can go back and, like, firsthand accounts. You know what I mean? Like, no one is 80 years old and I'm still talking to her. Yeah. If I lived to 80 and I could talk to my kid at 20 or whatever, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, that's... You can span <clears throat> 200 years just like that, easily. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot... That's why there's speculation. You know, I don't know if you've seen recently, it's phenomenon in the last 
10 years or so where we've been using or a lot of these publications have been utilizing like so-called AI technology to recreate the, you know, what Jesus looked like in his time. And every time they do it, it's some sort of Neanderthal slash cave dwelling slash like Arabian, you know, Middle Eastern guy. Uh, but I then, believe they're called Greeks. Oh, no. <laughs> they, they always make him look very like, um, you know, Arabic, always, uh, which is it, it, funny because uh, there are some accounts that are considered very close to firsthand <clears throat> where he is not described in any way as looking Arabic, you know? And, and then, you know, people, always, you know, always argue, it seems to be a leftist idea that like, uh, you know, Jesus was basically a Muslim, but then like, look at Jews today. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no, does, he was definitely Jewish. But, I know they it, love the idea that he was black because that's just gonna right. make everybody but be look like, at, "Oh no, I'm not gonna follow him anymore." Look at Netanyahu and all these other freaking. You know what I'm saying? Like, look at Jewish yeah. people today. Like, they don't really look Arabic or very black. I I hate to like burst the bubble of this narrative, but every time they do this recreation of Jesus, they're all like, "Oh, this is what the AI says," and you know, we trust science, our God. You know, and it's like, well, there's some actually pretty close to f- almost firsthand knowledge. I mean, there's even like Roman accounts of this guy, and he he doesn't sound very black looking. You know, I hate to well, not, I hate to break well, it to the, you beyond the racial thing of today. Uh, I I think it's funny because one of the biggest things they used to discredit the Bible, especially the New Testament, is like, well, you know, there was a story written about Jesus. It was like three hundred years after he died, right? Yeah, and that's pretty close. I'm not but that's lie. what I'm saying. Do we, Andrew 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 Jackson's grandson still alive today? Exactly. Yes. Three hundred years ago, I think you're still pretty much getting a first-hand account. Maybe you know what I mean. I'm sure there's some details that are missing. Maybe we, we didn't get it quite have, right, but I mean, pretty fucking close. You know, we have video footage that's been colorized of people who witnessed the Civil War. Yeah, that one old man who was on that game show in the '60s. Uh, who was at the theater when Lincoln got shot. Come on, dude. I mean, that's yes. that's really, you know, you think of the Civil War as being this ancient history at this point ancient. in 2023, but no, there, not too long ago, we were videotaping. Very close, unless we're talking about reparations, then come on. Hey, hey, hey that's generations ago. How can we be held accountable for that, man? Come on. So far removed, baby. Come on. Let's bygones. Let them be bygones. But no, that Bible was very close. Water, yeah. Water under the bridge with the slavery thing, but that Bible, let me tell you, first-hand account. <laughs> that time gap is skipping a half. What are you talking about? It's like I was practically there, man. <laughs> it's all in the eyes of the beholder. <clears throat> Time's a funny thing. It really is. I told you I was reading up on, um, I have this um, American literature compilation book of the writings the Mississippi writings of uh, Mark Twain, and uh, he does this history of the Mississippi River, and the way he connects time uh, as far as people, like some of the first settlers laying their first eyes, like the first Europeans seeing the Mississippi for the first time, and how there were still, like, you know, uh, things going on, you know, in... in uh, uh, Egypt, and, and you, you know what I'm saying? Like, time is a weird thing, and it's weird how world events were occurring simultaneously, and we never really kind of connect them in our in, in our modern minds. And, yeah. and so it's hard to forget. It's easy to forget, you know, how uh, 
you know, we read about things, and it's like, wow, the Romans were happening, but so, you know, so it was like Cleopatra down in Egypt, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, so Egypt was yeah. still like a happening Mark thing. And you know, yeah. like, it's really weird to, like, kind of put all these places and time frames and historical figures uh, together. They, they almost seem separate, even though they were existing simultaneously. And for anyone who is, like, curious and kind of connecting those historical uh, uh, elements, uh, 1492... Uh, Charles Mann, I believe, uh, M-A-N-N, is the author. Uh, one of the most fantastic books I've ever read, uh, and it puts you in the time frame of the Americas, North and South and Central America, uh, right right when the uh, settlers were coming around. Um, and it just gives you a phenomenal perspective of what was happening here versus what You're was happening close. over there. It's 1491, New Revelations of the Americas Before Columbus. That's Charles it, Mann. 1491, sorry. That's right. Charles Mann. Fantastic read. Uh, and it really, again, I, I uh, you know, he, he kind of touches on that whole perspective and, you know, there were these incredible technological advancements going on, or they were rewriting the Bible, and then also they were, you know, creating mathematics with zero for the first time in the Amazon, and nobody knew it. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. like, that's, like, really kind of mind-blowing yeah. stuff when you put yourself in that time frame, <clears throat> you know? Dude, that's crazy because the Romans didn't have zero. That's crazy, right? Dude, uh, Radiolab actually finally came out with a pretty good episode. It's, they talk about this guy who's, like, Trying to change the rules on dividing by zero. Oh, interesting. I mean, it is kind of interesting. I, you know, that's, I have a pea brain and I am a certified moron. So uh, I don't even understand zero. So I stick to one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> the one and only, baby. I start at number one, numero uno. <laughs> But yeah, the Romans believed that you couldn't have something to represent nothing. And, you know, like mathematically. Yeah, that's mind-blowing. And, uh, and actually, like since that, then, yeah. we still haven't really, you still, I, I think you really, I, I think it's you still can't prove zero exists. Well, I told you uh, the, the whole idea, the birthday thing, how we start with zero, and then we go to the first, right? Because you get those, not, you know, the, the 11 <laughs> sure. months. We're starting yeah, with zero. You're, you're wrong because that's why everybody like who goes by our <laughs> system, they refer to babies as like, oh, she's three months old. She's six months old. And then she's a year. You know? Yeah, one year. Yeah, I get yeah. it. I get it. All right. Start well, with one. I, I'm no math magician. I told you. I'm an idiot. Certified. Yeah. I believe in the Arabic language, zero is the same. And it's because they, I think they didn't. Have, I don't remember what it was. Yeah, I'm talking about AS here. I like this. So you're claiming the uh, the Arab folk, they were into the zero, but the Romans not digging on the zero. I just know that zero is used in the mathematics, I believe, in the Amazon tribes and maybe even the like Aztec folks and everybody in Central America. They, they were getting down with more advanced math, allegedly, than like the Romans were at the exact same time. 
That, yeah, that's what it was. No, they didn't have a. They had a word to represent to mean empty, but they did not have a number zero. Oh, that's crazy! And, and so that's why <laughs> theirs is so like no, because I remember like if you go to like the Middle East, you'll see these signs and stuff, you know, that are in Arabic, right? And it's like they got like the squiggles for all the numbers, but then like a zero. And I think it's because we gave them the zero, not us, but I think it was like. I don't know who came up with that the Greeks. Typical white supremacist claiming the white man gave them the zero. <laughs> You're welcome, Cretans. Do what you will with this advanced mathematics. <laughs> we are superior always. Never forget. <laughs> We're even better at nothing. <laughs> and just remember, losers, you'll always be zero in our books. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> That's how we were able to discover it. Because we're on the outside looking in at you. <laughs> Zeros. Oh man, that's uh that's good stuff. Uh, yeah. I, that all could be bullshit. I am just a dumb plumber, but it's a great episode. Radio Lab Zero is an interesting concept. We're dumb fellas, no doubt. But uh, you have subscribed to something uh, that we've gone back and forth on that I I don't know much about, but I know that you you've postured it uh, several times. The simulation theory, which I sent you an article about a guy who's attempting to prove that we live in a simulation. Uh, yeah. It's in the Daily Mail. It's an interesting read. Um, a little bit above my head. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I, it's, it's going around because even Joe Rogan uh, was talking to one guy, and they, he was kind of—he didn't say it, but he was hinting at it because he said he believes the universe may be fractal, which that would be the simulation. It's weird know? stuff, and I, I took a clip of the guy from the article. Uh, it's just a snippet of him. Exp- it, it, it's a little hard to follow. It's just a minute, but he's gonna in a better way than I could ever explain. His theory, in a nutshell, in a layman way, uh, the simulation theory. And I thought it'd be nice to kind of just hear it, hear a smart guy say it. He's got a cool accent, which makes <laughs> him sound smarter and more, you know, a little more authority. Uh, you know, if I were to say what he's about to say, you would call me an idiot, a tinfoil head nutjob. So let's hear this smarter sounding guy tell us about this uh, simulation theory. And that is what led me to this simulation hypothesis. If we are making 10 to the power 21 today, bits of information, and we've been doing this since 19, really, since 1970s, you look at half a century, okay, of digital technologies, and we already are looking at astronomic numbers, okay? And if all the atoms in the world, on the planet, are just 10 to the power 50, and we are going to reach that number in 150 years at this growth rate or something like that, it makes you wonder, I mean, any, any normal person will think, could it be that maybe we already are in some kind of digital virtual reality world? Maybe, maybe, this, is already, maybe this already happened because the numbers are just, um, if you look at the scale, the time scale, like thousands of years or billions of years, okay? What we are doing in decades, okay, in terms of shaping up you know, these, these entities, I, I call these, these digital entities, the digital states and technologies is um, staggering. It's, it's almost incredible. If we are doing this now, how our planet or our society is going to look in a thousand years? We've been doing this for 50 years. 
Okay, we invented electricity in 1850 or something. Then it's not far-fetched to assume that uh, an advanced civilization, or maybe ourselves in the future, we reached a technological level where we can simulate our world or the whole universe and is indistinguishable from the reality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keanu Reeves, please save me. Wake Excuse me up if me? you see me lying in a tube. <laughs> please. Oh, man. You can, uh, what is it? You can take the blue pill and wake up, and tomorrow is just a bad dream, right? Uh, you take this red pill. We'll show you how far this rabbit hole goes, my man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yikes! I want to be rich. <laughs> I want to eat this steak. And <laughs> the Matrix was so good. If they had just made the Matrix and never anything else, that it would have stood alone as a just a, a masterpiece. Yeah, I kept it at one. The one was yeah. enough. Um, so this blew my mind. Like I said, it was way better to hear. Right, the smart sounding foreign dude explain it, uh, which is. You know, we've advanced so rapidly. He said it right there. We created electricity in 1850, and then just within the last 50 years from now, and, you know, if you go back to the computers hitting the scene, right, look at how far we've advanced. Uh, It is not outrageous to believe if you, you know, go forward in the future that we could have or potentially will or probably have already created, you know, this universe. Yeah, I forgot. <clears throat> I forgot what they said that the rate of data we're producing, we're gonna hit a point where, like he was saying, it's already equal to the number of atoms in the Earth. That's right. What, yeah. what happens when you get to the like a galaxy, uh, galaxy level? What about universal level? Yeah, that's kind of crazy. It's a lot of information. It's pretty interesting and stuff. What, and what's it all for? You know. I don't know. I was chatting with Pepino uh, last night, and he was. Um, we were chatting about New Year's and all the stuff, and he was kind of reminiscing on New Year's 1999, and yeah, Y2K. how he had spent the whole year traveling around the country preparing everybody for the Y2K. Uh, and he told me something which I actually ended up writing down here, which I found fascinating. And he said as he was traveling and chatting with people about Y2K. Uh, he found out that with a lot of the engineers and coders and programmers of that time, uh, they weren't concerned really uh, or talking much about Y2K, but they were talking about something that they termed liquid memory, uh, which is what we're discussing now as quantum AI. Wow. But he said back then, in 1999, they called it liquid memory, and that's what they were really like anticipating for the future and like kind of concerned about. And I found that to be super fascinating. And the term liquid memory, when you're talking machines, that kind of gave me the heebie-jeebies. I'll tell you what, dude. It's got a T2000 vibe to it. Yeah, a little bit. You know, that's a little Terminator. (laughs) We're getting Terminator here, folks. (laughs) This liquid, is it metal? And can it just form anything? I mean, I'm right here. I'm filling up my cup of coffee, and I turn around, and I'm staring at myself. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) No. Uh, <laughs> really grew up with great movies. 
Uh, liquid memory. I thought that was freaking cool, but that's what they were calling quantum AI. And now the quantum AI apparently is the new Y2K uh, in the inner circles within the uh, tech world. That's what they're kind of really concerned about, where this quantum AI or liquid memory essentially overrides the human uh, input. Mm. It doesn't, I'm, I'm trying to read real quick, but it doesn't sound like they've gotten really far with it. That's what they tell you uh, in the Google machine. <laughs> oh, my God. Everybody, run. This should really scare you. Should be ready in 2030. Not making that up. Agenda 2030. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, dude. You can't it's a nanoparticle, like, fluid memory that they, this, is gonna, what, this is going to control you if you have the vaccine. It's definitely it's, in the vaccine. It's probably the mRNA tech, and it has probably something to do with the 5G towers they put up all around the world. I can only <laughs> promise you. This is all connected to the 5G, people. Never forget, man. Uh, it's impossible to like understand what's going on here, but it sounds crazy. It's crazy stuff. So sim- uh, simulation theory, Mike, did you like it? Are you down? What are you thinking? Are we living in some sort of computer program here? And if not, can we get uh, some fame here? Can we become famous podcasters? What's going on here? Do man podcast, people. Come on. That's why we should have learned to code. <laughs> oh, we, we could have coded our simulation <laughs> made us rich and famous. How do you think Bill Gates did it? No! <laughs> You know? Yes, dude, you're right on the money. Damn it. All right. Well, uh, so we'll just have to... Um... The problem is we got laid in high school. Oh, If you yes. get laid in high school, you're not going to make money later on in life. That's, I think that's... <laughs> Bill Gates, man. He, uh, he's got the one up on everybody. Uh, all right. Well, simulation theory, I, I thought you would like that. I know that's up your alley there. Um, I, I've always had a hard time kind of grasping that or the idea that we're in this, like, hologram you know, like a holographic universe that that's kind of a hard thing to grasp. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but would you know? No, right? Yeah. You wouldn't, right? I I just think that like that's one of the things we're doing when we're constantly searching for like the answers. We get these laws of physics and everything. That could just be the programming that we're discovering. Yeah, well, he discussed this uh and it goes a little more in depth in the article, which is that um, some of the theory behind the simulation or proving of simulation is when it comes to programming, you know, symmetry is easy or easier yeah, to it create. Saves, it saves memory. So that would explain all the symmetry, wildly yeah. accurate symmetry throughout our universe. No matter if you go big and look into the uh, into space, right? The symmetry of stars or formations, or if you go, you know, microscopic and see the symmetry of the cells, right? Or a snowflake, right? So, like, there's just a lot of uh, symmetry, which makes... But not only, makes not only that, even, like, mo- almost every all the living things we know, we pretty much see... Within a very specific spectrum of light, we hear within a spectrum of sound. Right. Know. And we have laws that we abide by as if we're in a program with boundaries set by parameters or code. And so, like, for instance, we can't travel faster than the speed of light. Speed of light, yeah. Just kind of mind blowing, right? But it could even be the speed of light is just the speed of the processor running the program. Yes, that is the speed of the program. Exactly. You know? <laughs> You gotta wait till the Intel Four comes out, then we could go the speed of light. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think it's crazy. You know, you we, we always talk about like uh, 
you know, like you go in and you, you debug programs. Maybe that's what, we, you know, we joke about CERN being turned on and things changing. Maybe that's what causes the Mandela effect is they had to debug it. We were, we got off track. Our simulation had to get back Ah, on. or maybe uh, the program or those that dwell within it start becoming too self-aware. So we got to reprogram. Right. Then you send in the Clinton bot. <laughs> Everyone suicides themselves. She's the, debu- the debugger. <laughs> She's the Agent Smith of uh, exactly. you know, our Matrix, <laughs> right? <laughs> Hillary Clinton. No, Agent Smith had more life to him, those eyes. <laughs> or just more empathy, maybe. Right? Yeah, hers are just cold, dead, dark eyes <laughs> that, have, that have killed some people, you know? <laughs> Oh, yeah, simulation, simulation theory. It's crazy stuff, man. I I love it. I you know, for me it really takes me onto that next level. Again, I, I put simulation theory with flat earth. I really do. And look, if simulation's real, then so is flat earth. You know what I'm saying? What's to say that the simulation didn't just create the flat earth, man? Well, that now, now that's a whole... See, this is why I love flat earth cuz now if it isn't a simulation, is that technically a one-dimensional or two-dimensional? Or a three-dimensional world, because that would depend. It might not even be a flat Earth. It might be a just a point, because it's a one-dimensional. We we could just be seeing only in our dimensional plane, and that's what we see. And you know what I'm saying? Like maybe we can only perceive Earth the way we're able to perceive it, but in other dimensional realms, Earth looks differently. But what would the other dimension be if we we're a simulation? Well, I don't know, program? but I, I've always been piqued uh, by the concept of when we see UFOs that these could be interdimensional beings who are on other dimensional level planes. And so when uh, there's a great video from the 70s of um, Carl Sagan describing what it would be what the experience would feel like for a 3D person to see a 5D object enter our our plane of existence and what we would see versus what it would actually be like shape-wise. And so, you know, uh, if you were to be seeing the tip of, like, a pyramidal-type object, it would end up actually looking, from our perspective, at like kind of like a, a saucer. And it's crazy that just based on mathematics... And, and, you know, all that stuff that I'm too stupid to understand, Carl Sagan in the 70s was able to explain, you know, in very simple terms and with images uh, and shadows because we can't technically see these other dimensions, but he was able to explain, like, a tesseract and, you know what I mean, the cube in in multiple dimensions, uh, how that would actually, how we would perceive it. And he kind of compares it to if you were like a flat Stanley, if you were like a um, a two-dimensional drawing seeing a three-dimensional object enter your world, that's how it would look like. Well, let's extrapolate this uh, you know, into a, you know, the 3D seeing some sort of 5D or 6D thing enter the, the plane. It, it wouldn't look, we wouldn't be able to understand what we were seeing really. Yeah, right. But that's why I think the simulation, see, that goes back to the simulation. There is no other dimensions. The only reason we believe there is is because of the math, and the math that we're coming up with saying there's other dimensions could just be proving gaps in the program. Wow. So, again, we're becoming self-aware. Exactly. So they got to keep what, rebooting. What's the old theory and... is that we are the universe understanding itself. 
Oh, we are the man. consciousness of the universe. That that must be Armageddon, right? If we become self-aware fully, then the, the thing collapses on itself. And we could well, all Maybe that's why every 6,000 years there's a catastrophic event that resets us because that's how long it takes for us to become that self-aware. Mind blown! <laughs> Simulation theory people. Yes, it's all man. <laughs> I fucking love that. That's beautiful. Every 6,000 years in the program, the program becomes self-aware, and really what are humans? We're just uh, manifestations of a consciousness trying to figure itself out, and so eventually, you know, we figure it out, we reach an awakening, and then the, the program has to reset. The great for reset. For religious people, maybe that is God created us to understand himself. Well, yeah, and how far off... Is it to think of a creator and a programmer or a creator, right? Setting the boundaries, creating the various parameters of life. And I mean, it's not very, uh, it's not a stretch of the imagination either way. You kind of talk about it in the Bible a little bit. Maybe we are just uh, God and the devil running a simulation. See what mankind does. Pretty crazy stuff, man. I love it. I love going down the road of the uh, simulation theory. Uh, again, I think it can be embraced by people who are religious, non-religious, atheist. If you're satanic, you could even probably get down <laughs> with the old uh, simulation theory. It's 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 really cool stuff, man. Especially it's because really all encompassing. Because no matter who you are, what you believe, or what you are, we believe you were programmed into the simulation. <laughs> yes, but <laughs> can't be more equitable than that. Would simulation theory be even a theory without our world digitizing as it has over the last 50 years? No, because we didn't even know what a simulation was so we, until we started running right. simulations. As yeah. a culture, we had to one day be kids playing GTA, you know, and we're like, wow, this is real. Like, that's almost like real life. Like, I think, but maybe I'm in back. GTA, you know? <laughs> I, I guess it would be more in line. It's just more of evolved with technology, but it's based off of kind of the same theory. Uh, I forgot who was it, the Greek guy who was saying, like, how could you prove you're not in a dream? So it's just kind of a spin on that, that now we're not just a dream. We, have, we do have the computer, you know what I mean? But it's kind of the same concept. Yeah, how, how do you prove you're not in a simulation? Like, how do you know you didn't go to bed one day and you haven't woken up? I don't know. It's crazy, man. And how do you know you haven't been rebooted several times and this time around, Shazam was never a movie starring Sinbad as a genie? <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> mind-blowing, man. Shazam, people. I gotta see what's in that movie. I can't get over that. The fact that they just buried it and they, they wanted to let the public think that it just never happened, that means that all the other things in the Mandela effect are real, but they really were just fucking with us. Yeah, like the original Berenstein Bears were actually Jewish. They went a little too hard. Yeah, so they had to change the stain bears, and they just kind of slowly faded out the old versions and brought in the new ones. They're like, no, you guys are crazy. It's always been stain, the Berenstein. The bears never had a big nose. What are you talking about? <laughs> 
Well, that's why I think like Shazam, they must have been very insensitive to like the Arabs or something. Because this was in the 90s. Like that's at a time where it was like, okay, to do whatever you wanted to Muslim people on TV. You're right with the Berenstein Bears. I bet, you know, the dad, frugal, maybe even cheap. <laughs> What's worse than stealing is porridge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the three bailers. <laughs> This yarmulke's too big. This one's just ra- oh, it's terrible. <laughs> Different story, but I I got I got you. <laughs> I started drinking the second show, people. I love it. Well, uh, so speaking of the simulation theory and or flat Earth or whatever the Earth is or whatever space is, it seems like nobody can agree on anything anymore. Uh, which is why I love when things like this enter the conversation. Uh, let's further the speculation. Let's continue the secretive nature of what we're doing up there. Give me some secret DOJ-sponsored SpaceX. Well, today, SpaceX and the U.S. Space Force will launch a top-secret plane into space. Now, much is classified, but Space Force did provide a few details about the goals of this unmanned mission. Our Xavier Walton is live near the Kennedy Space Center. So, Xavier, what more are we learning this morning? And this is my favorite part about the story. It's the holiday week, so they're bringing on the B-team, and so they're going to get, dude, man, to report for the <laughs> Cape Canaveral, dude. <laughs> um, it is going to be unmanned, uh, so nobody is going to be on it. Even Space Force started by who? <laughs> Space Force started by who? Just curious. It is going to be Trump. Yeah. No, Space Force always existed, folks. It existed forever. He uh, exposed it. He said it by accident because Trump speaks the truth accidentally. That's why. <laughs> going to be on it and even though the space force has disclosed you know some of the previous payloads a lot of the details regarding the plane's orbital activity you know uh it, it remains classified that's where a lot of speculation as to what these space planes are actually doing uh, up in space comes into play space force has repeatedly though this guy you said like space like 10 Love times space. dude <laughs> space like my head space head dude oh yeah with the force bro space force bro said um, that it is simply testing out technologies for future spacecraft Space. and carrying out various experiments, you know, like these here, harnessing and transferring solar uh, power yeah. energy from space. Did you say, <laughs> wait a second. Excuse me? Did you say experiments? What kind of experiments are you doing <laughs> up here, man? Back to Earth. This mission, though, this latest one is, Na- is NASA's Seed 2 project. The goal is figure out how plant seeds would fare against the high radiation in space. Oh, they're growing weed in space, bro. Dude, space. what the fuck? Dude, we did this. We did this. I was in elementary school. I know. No, we did they it, They came man. back with the fucking seed, the bean seeds, and we grew them in class. We did a clip about China taking up, like, some of their biggest science, or, you know, most famous scientists and biologists, and they're going to work on their China lab that they have floating around the Earth. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> it's kind of... I got more. It, this clip, it's going to talk. We're working on seeds? Dude, we did this already. No, we didn't. It means we didn't then. It means we can't get past the Van Allen belt, the radiation oh, belt. Come on. We got those seeds from space. Remember? They were on the space station or something. What were they? No, no. They were like launched into space. Remember? <laughs> they came back. I'm telling you, them. man. I think we can't get past the firmament. I swear. I, yeah. I, I don't think we can get past it. Okay. So meantime, the X-37B is going to join another space shuttle that launched... Just last week, but that was by China's military. 
highlighting this ongoing space race between the U.S. and various countries. We're in a space it's race? It's not just the United States that's operating in space. There's a whole host of other countries, including China, as I mentioned, as a competitor and an adversary. And so we have to maintain that leading edge um, where we were, and I still believe strongly that we're the best in space, but there are other competitors that are coming very close. And the recent launch of China's space plane demonstrates that they're very much focused on uh, not only understanding for themselves what space domain awareness entails, but also how to operate and maneuver spacecraft uh, in a variety of orbits above the Earth. Yo, we have a fleet of giant space ships in space. I swear, I've been saying this for years. I know it as a fact. The International Space Station is a ruse. It's bullshit. It's just a thing that we... I don't even think it is. I've seen it. I've seen it float by. It's probably just a giant satellite. There's probably nobody on it. It's all BS, man. What they're doing in space... We will never be told the truth. I'm telling you right now. And Elon Musk is in cahoots with our Department of Defense. And we are shooting up secret space missions, man. Uh, Stop putting all your faith and trust into Elon Musk. The guy's not on your side. He works with the government. Yeah, but he gave us X. Have you been on there recently? It's got Tucker. That's formerly known as Twitter, bro. Come on, (laughs) man. Crazy. He's uh, come on. If you're doing secret miss- missions with our Black Project military ops, uh, and then you also happen to run uh, one of the main, you know, information veins in society right now, it, it, watch out for it. They, they kind of have to go to Elon and SpaceX because, I mean, Kamala Harris is in charge of NASA. I guess. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you want to put a black lesbian on the moon, you go to NASA. If you want to do some crazy space shit, you go to Elon <laughs> Musk, you know? I just don't believe anything NASA's doing. NASA's a, fr- NASA's a front. I'm telling you right now. It has been since day one. When we did the moon landings, they hired on Stanley Kubrick to do the moon landing fiasco and film it. It's all filmed. It's all bullshit. Uh, it. Take a look at some uh, footage that was out there. It was like an old-time podcaster, a, a fella, a provocateur, a uh, radio guy or whatever. But it was about 10, 15, maybe 20 years ago. He confronted Buzz Aldrin about not actually landing on the moon. And I got to say, he crossed the line. He called the guy a coward, which I don't think you have any right to call a fighter pilot a coward because that's I know, some not of the most dangerous. Dude, they were like a test pilot at the time when test pilots died. Yeah, and, <laughs> you know, but there's a lot. I'll tell you this. You could Google it right now, all right? The Apollo 11 astronauts have a star of fame on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Why? Yeah, because they were celebrities at the time. They were celebrities and actors. Hmm, that's a bit too far. Oh, you can, you, you know, come on. That's who uh, gets the star of fame on Hollywood. You, it's for actors. Nah, they do a bunch of people. I think like Kim Jong-un's on there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I hope he is. I gotta say, I think, honestly, though, if Kubrick uh, filmed it, and these were the actors in the filming of the moon landing... That may in history go down as one of the greatest filmings of all time. It convinced billions of people around the planet. Uh, so far as that it took an AI system in Russia, our AI system actually, to uh, prove that it was fake. Hmm. 
the images are fake. Remember, we you know, you know, they Russia showed the clip of Putin looking at it and how like the the AI system proved that our images of our astronauts on the moon are not real. There's a lot of issues with the sh- you know the shading. I will give it to you. This is literally from the website. Uh, <laughs> the stars are monuments to achievement in the entertainment industry, bearing the names of a mix of actors, directors, producers, musicians, theatrical musical groups, and fictional characters. hey <laughs> folks. And why do the three astronauts of Apollo 11 have a star of fame on the Hollywood Walk of Fame? It's because they were actors in one of the fictional greatest characters. fictional characters in one of the greatest performances in the history of mankind. They convinced the world that we landed on the moon. Look at the footage, dude. That ain't real. Come on, man. That's just so fake. It looks so fake. Yeah, this is crazy. Yeah, that is fake. All right. All right. I guess you're right. I'm going to have to give it to you. It was filmed Maybe in a studio. Crazy. I truly believe it. And I, I nowadays, look at everything they've put out in the last 20, 30 years, especially the footage in the 90s from them supposedly being on the shuttle going around and you see the green screen short out or things appear and then disappear in the footage or even like people's arms disappear and then they yeah. come back in like come on man they've been faking this shit forever again i'm not saying i know anything about space i actually think we know nothing about it our government does they're doing something up there china's up there doing something russia's up there doing something our governments are doing something up in space whatever space is right but they're not telling us the truth they're not giving us real imagery of it none of the images of earth that we have seen are true pictures of earth well, yeah, they they have to Photoshop them. Why? You can get un you can get ones that are unedited. You can get a, just a picture of Earth, an unedited one. Yeah, you can find them. Are you but sure? a lot of it has to do with like they have to make sure, uh, you know, like uh, top secret things are blurred out and stuff. I don't know. I'm almost certain there's no. Oh, you mean like uh. <laughs> Like some of our top secret, super ultra massive spaceships that are floating around Earth that we don't want people to see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably what we're blotting out, right? <laughs> I do believe, I truly believe this, that we have some massive like Starship Enterprise thing that is is around the Earth and it, it you know it's cruising and it's it's militarized. It's probably got insane weaponry. I'm sure it's what shot the laser beam down in Lahaina and gave that new backyard to Oprah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. See, I've been saying this a lot, so I got I had to look it up. Sorry, but uh, oh no, I'm I'm excited for the look up here. This yeah. is the I think this is the greatest evidence that the moon landings were fake. The last trip we went to the moon was in 1972. Wow! <laughs> wow, man! And in the early 70s, high definition cameras were invented and starting to come out for the public. But 1984 is when they started like being sold to the public. Wow. So, so people could start taking their own pictures. I think it I think they had to stop in 1972 once high def cameras were invented and they knew it was going to hit the market in about 10 years. Cuz if you kept going to the moon with these grainy photos, people would be like, "Wait a minute. I could do a better job filming my barbecue." <laughs> What's with the grainy photos? So it's literally wow. once high-definition cameras came out, we stopped going to the moon. You just nailed the conspiracy, man. 
Yeah, that's always been like my greatest evidence that I. That's why I think they faked it because why haven't we gone back? You know, it, we don't have any high def photos of the moon on the moon. Because if you could bring on board again, look at the footage of the freaking thing blasting off the moon to to go back up to the spaceship oh. floor, dude. It's it looks like a thing being lifted up by strings, man. Oh, look how hard it was for them to do with shitty cameras. That's what I'm I saying. mean, you they are, you almost fucked up on the glare of the guy's lens. You almost fucked up. Dude, you know what I mean? The, the, the reflections are off. The shadows. It was so hard. And it was grainy. Oh, well, that's how they're able to pull off the lie that it happened, right? The footage, the the equipment was so shitty. But then you're like, wait, how did you film it, though? It doesn't make any sense. How did you do it live? It makes no fucking sense, man. It, but that's why the whole thing is bullshit because I know for sure like there's pe- the astronauts that go up to the space station they do bring like their iPhones and st- their cameras and right. stuff like they have you have pictures that they take and post all right I'll give that to you yeah but they're only yeah. they're also in low orbit so they're not like going oh, out to the moon you know for sure that's why it's you know but that, again once once these high def cameras are out it just so happens NASA is now focusing on low orbit missions wow <laughs> right. To further the so, belief that, again, the Van Allen uh, radiation belt and the, the firmament, whatever you want to call it, there does seem to be this point in space where humans not really totally developed or designed to go past that point because, again, the radiation exposure, uh, this, you know, it, 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 we're supposed to not be able yeah. to do it, man. I don't, I don't know. think it's that. I think it's just once you get to that certain point, it becomes exponentially harder to bring back if there is an emergency. It's kind of like going down to the Titanic. We can go, but you probably shouldn't. Right, so let's send down a bunch of jabronis in a little uh, tube. <laughs> send the billionaires. We'll watch them explode like toothpaste into smithereens. Y'all forgot, right? Isn't that how we began? The, that was how we started the year, man. Yeah, I know. I love that one. That was such a great story. I can't believe they still do it. How quickly we forgot, dude. We're freaking goldfish, man. That was story of the year for like a month. <laughs> yeah i just heard about that whole sister ship theory thing that, that's pretty crazy if you really dig into it well which, the, yes which, dude i never really looked into that i knew it was a whole jp morgan thing with the titanic and everything what's crazy is so many of his competitors were on the titanic not only that it was people who were opposed to the federal reserve and then he was supposed to be on it and then at the last minute, he canceled his journey on the Titanic. Just happened to sink, man. Just happened to sink. They just happened to be going faster than they should have been going on a route they shouldn't have been on. That's right, man. Oh, man. I saw a thread over on the X there. It, it's funny that uh, we're talking about it. it. It was about a guy who, uh, he, he was like a cook, or he was one of the workers on the Titanic, and he was helping getting people on the lifeboats, and he figured he was going to die. So he kept going back to his cabin and taking swills of whiskey and getting kind of liquored up. <laughs> and uh, then he kept, like, you know, he'd go back, take a couple drinks, and then go help some more women and children, and then go... Not mad at you. No, so he kept doing it, and then until the boat was about to go down, you know famously how that the top of the bow, like, snapped, and then the thing just rode... You know, a lot of people, like in the movie, right, they rode the rail all the way yeah. straight down. Well, he's one of the guys, according to the legend, uh, that, you know, decided he's going to just wait it out, and then he, he you know, was at the end of the rail. The Titanic is sinking down. He's He drank the bottle of booze, and apparently the uh, he survived. 
and he ended up uh, live. He was in the water for like two hours, got pulled up onto a boat, and they uh, the doctors when they like reviewed what happened, they concluded that because of the exact temperature in the water, uh, which was like negative, it was like twenty eight degrees or something like that in the water, and uh, with that mixed with his exact blood alcohol level, it, it like the water temperature constricted his blood and just like made the blood stay into his vital organs, <laughs> and he and because of his alcohol content, he survived the sinking of the Titanic. <laughs> Smoke when they found him, he was the only one singing. He had the best time. Yeah, it's the best ride of his life, man. <laughs> Smoke him if you got him, folks. That's what it comes yeah, out to. There's always, always something about that guy who's you know he's watching shit hit the fan. <laughs> he just takes one last swig, one last puff, and jumps in. You know. Well, also because he was liquored up, they say uh, the examiner claimed that upon impact, he just. He wrote it, man. Like he didn't. Yeah. He, he didn't. He wasn't restrictive. Like he wasn't holding back. Like he just. He went for it, man. It was just ready to let the wave take him. You know. It's uh, like men were just tougher back then. <laughs> <That's you know? laughs> it's when men had dicks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's hard to sink a real man with a real dick. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they found him floating by his balls. Actually, it was incredible. Oh, he was a five seven seven. <laughs> <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha